morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Friday, February 16th. On this date in 1962, singer Bobby Vinton recorded the song Roses Are Red. He was in danger of being dropped by Epic Records, but he still owed them two single sides. And on this date in 1975, Cher's musical variety series debuted on CBS. It ran until 1976. And here's your trivia question. On this date in 1862, the Civil War Battle of Fort Donelson, Tennessee, ended in a Union victory and a new nickname for Union General Ulysses S. Grant. What was the nickname he earned from that Confederate surrender? I'll have the answer coming up, but first, it's time to check in on your first alert forecast. And good Friday morning to you, meteorologist Joey Sovide here. More clouds around, not as chilly though this morning, but grab a jacket as you head out the door. We'll be mostly cloudy, 66 at lunchtime, upper 60s to around 70 this afternoon. Southeastern Wildlife Expo kicks off today. Nice weather for it. We'll get chillier as the weekend wears on. 64 Saturday, 54 degrees on Sunday. A mostly cloudy sky this weekend but only a couple of spotty showers on Saturday. A lot of you will stay dry. And then next week, sunshine returns by Monday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. A diverse group of community members will now be heading up a commission solely focusing on addressing the challenges that North Charleston and her students are facing. Back in December, city officials partnered with the Charleston County School District. The goal? Improving the students' educational experience. The joint committee is being led by Charleston County Councilman and North Charleston High School Principal Henry Darby, followed by 12 other community advocates that are already getting to work. This is a problem that's been going on for a while, so there's no overnight answer for it, right? It's nothing that we could just say, hey, this is what's going to fix it, because if that was that simple, it would already been done. So um, right now we're just putting together some plans, um, meeting, trying to focus on where we can get in at the most efficient way to make changes. The commission meets the last Wednesday of every month and is currently brainstorming some ideas for educational improvement. The district says updates on progress and initiatives will be shared regularly. This year, your high school student may have quite a different experience with standardized testing. For the first time this spring, the SAT will be going completely digital. Our Autumn Klein joins us live from downtown at the College of Charleston, where she spoke with a representative from the admissions office about how those changes may impact those upcoming college students. Good morning, Autumn. Good morning, Nick and Shelby. I am told that the biggest change that we will see with this new digital SAT is the impact that it will have on students. The new digital SAT is supposed to be a much easier version of the test that was formerly administered. The digital SAT is almost an hour shorter than the original SAT, totaling only about two hours to take, and students will have more time on each question. I am told students will have more opportunities to use their calculator and that reading passages will be shorter and more engaging. The test will also be adaptable with the questions changing based on the students' answers. Students will be allowed to use their own computer to take the exam, but I am told that computers will be administered to those who do not have their own. 
According to the SAT website, the testing policies are the same as far as prohibited devices and room monitoring, but the script for the proctors will be much shorter, and the students will receive a toolkit, which includes a dashboard to monitor their screens. I spoke with the VP of Enrollment Planning for the College of Charleston, who said that the SAT going digital will impact students positively and will not impact their admissions for the college. For years, I mean, institutions have known uh, that students are much more than just their test score, uh, and their GPA and the work they do in high school is where we put our emphasis in admissions. I don't think that'll change. Foster says that the College of Charleston is now a test-optional school, so the SAT is not even required for admissions here. Therefore, this change will not severely impact their college, but it may impact other schools. I also spoke with a representative from Charleston County School District who tells me that a written option will be available, but only for students who qualify for this accommodation. Coming up at 6, we'll hear more from Foster and why he thinks that this change was made. Live in Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. All right, thank you, Autumn. Well, Trenton Technical College is in the process of searching for a new president following the retirement of its current president this summer. A final decision will be made after the extensive search. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy tells us more about the process and how much it's going to cost. The state is providing $50,000 to Trident's governing board to help find its next president. The Area Commission, or Governing Board of Trident Tech, started its search by gathering information from faculty and staff, students, and community members through public forums to create a profile. The application opened in early December and closed at the end of January. The board and the search firm hired by the state reviewed over 70 applications this past week. They have narrowed it down to eight candidates. Those eight semifinalists will have the opportunity to sit down for an interview in the second week of March. Officials at Trident Tech say there are specific qualifications the board is prioritizing in the selection of the college's new president. There's so much to this job. It takes a person who brings an incredibly special set of skills to be able to do this kind of work. And I mean, to me, one of the most important is to be able to have a relationship with students, a relationship with your with your team, a relationship with the commissioners, a relationship with all of the faculty and staff, and then all of the stakeholders of our region. In September of last year, Dr. Mary Thornley informed the board that she would be retiring after serving as president for 30 years. The board hopes to interview its final candidate in early April and name a president. Reporting in North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Berkeley County prosecutors have rested their case and now a jury will decide the fate of a double murder suspect. Demijan Gadsden is standing trial for the deaths of two women back in June of 2020. The state called multiple witnesses, presented DNA evidence, text messages and cell phone locations. Prosecutors say that linked Gadsden to the crime scene. Gadsden's attorneys did not call any witnesses. They say the evidence doesn't paint a full picture, though, and casts a doubt on whether Gatson fired the deadly shots. It's unclear how long it'll take for the jury to reach a verdict.
And two adults are facing charges after Williamsburg County deputies say they walked into a middle school and tried to fight a student. Take a look at your screen here. 34-year-old Troy George and 32-year-old Tania Green are charged with disturbing schools. Green's mugshot has not been made available. Investigators say the pair walked through a student-only entrance and threatened a student who they say had been in a fight with their daughter on the school bus. Warrants show the two also threatened several staff members and scared students. They were removed by a school resource officer and later turned themselves into the county's detention center. Somerville police officers are working on better ways to keep you safe with some high-intensity, realistic training through a unique program. Yesterday, officers engaged in three simulated deadly scenarios and had to quickly navigate the best way to handle them. It was made possible thanks to patented reflective screens at the one-of-a-kind Live Fire Training Academy in Cottageville. Officers who have experienced these scenarios in real life tell us that this was the most realistic training they seen. The training is certified by the state law enforcement division, which hopes more agencies can take advantage of it. Water is getting stuck in ditches running through a James Island neighborhood and residents tell us they are frustrated over the ditches maintenance. The neighborhood sits near the intersection of Folly and Fort Johnson roads. Homeowners there say that water is attracting waterflies and mosquitoes, preventing one person and her daughter from playing outside. Others tell us because of how fast those ditches fill up, it's causing surrounding ground to sink in. James Island officials tell us the problem stems from clogged pipes under driveways. And if they're told about an issue, they say they'll come to clean it out. Dorchester County, get ready for your newest neighbor, tech giant Google. Yesterday, Dorchester County Economic Development Office confirmed Google recently closed on property within the county. County officials say Google has a history of strengthening local workforces, and they look forward to the positive difference it'll make in the community. Google says it's looking forward to developing its new data center campus, but did not specify the area, how much land it bought, or a timeline for the project. Public schools in South Carolina are required to conduct at least two fire drills each year, but public schools in the state are not required to conduct cardiac emergency response drills. That's according to the American Heart Association. But there is a newly introduced bill looking to change all of that. Our Tiana Maxwell joins us live from the local chapter of the American Heart Association in Mount Pleasant and tells us more about uh, the two bills and how they'll affect South Carolina schools. Good morning, Tiana. Good morning. The South Carolina Smart Heart Act and TCPR training laws are being introduced into the General Assembly. The new bills means that legislation would require schools to develop a cardiac emergency response plan and TCPR training for South Carolina 911 dispatchers. According to the American Heart Association, of the 356,000 cardiac arrests that occur outside of the hospital each year in the U.S., over 23,000 cases are children under the age of 18. If a cardiac arrest happens at a school in South Carolina, there may not be a cardiac emergency response plan in place. The cardiac emergency response plan, also referred to as CERP, establishes specific steps to reduce death from cardiac arrest in school settings. The South Carolina Smart Heart Act would require schools and organizations to 
sponsor athletics to adopt and implement venue-specific emergency action plans for life-threatening athletic-related emergencies. It'll also require all high school sport coaches to obtain and maintain training for CPR, AED use, and first aid. The organization says if the bills are passed, this could mean the difference between life and death. Reporting live in Mount Pleasant, Tiana Maxwell, Live 5 News. Tiana, thank you. We've told you about a bill allowing you to use marijuana potentially and hemp products for medical purposes going through the state house. But how would it impact our local hemp industries? Well, state lawmakers and business owners are asking for some clarity after the State Department of Health and Environmental Control said food and beverage items would need to remove dosage instructions from labels. That contradicts part of the bill, which says DHEC cannot decide what goes on those labels. While DHEC declined to comment on pending litigation or legislation, it says it is obligated to implement bills accordingly should they pass. At the beginning of the show, I told you that on this date in 1862, Union General Ulysses S. Grant picked up a new nickname after the defeat of Confederates at Fort Donelson, Tennessee. That nickname took advantage of his initials, Unconditional Surrender Grant. Celebrating birthdays this Friday, jazz and pop singer Peggy King turns 94 Actor William Catt, TV's greatest American hero, is 73. Tennis Hall of Famer John McEnroe is 65. And rapper Ice-T is 66. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. Hope you have a great Friday and a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.